How is everyone this evening? Amen. Well, here in a little bit, we will pick up where Pastor left off the last Wednesday evening on faith and prayer. But before we do that, Pastor has asked me to address a few things. I know sometimes someone might get the idea that Aaron or I might do something without Pastor knowing about it, but you don't know Pastor that well then. And you certainly don't know my father because we don't do anything without him knowing about it. We don't do anything without him instructing us or asking us to do something. Now, before we begin, I want to challenge you to listen to or watch Pastor's 9 a.m. message from this past Sunday, August 21st. So if you weren't here, watch, listen to the message. If you were here at 11, it's good to hear both messages. Watch, listen to Pastor's 9 a.m. message. And then I would encourage you on the app or YouTube to go back and listen to or watch Pastor's message from this series on May 4th, 2022 on avoiding false spirituality and weirdoism. That's May 4th, 2022, the Faith and Prayer series, and uh, he called it Avoiding False Spirituality and Weirdoism. 1 John 4, beginning in verse 1. 1 John 4, beginning in verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. Jesus taught in the gospels that we know a tree by its fruit. And a good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. This was the counsel that Paul gave the Ephesian elders or leaders, Acts 20, beginning in verse 27. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will or counsel of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. Guard yourselves, guard the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them, so be on your guard. Why would pastor warn us? Well, a pastor's job is to feed the sheep, to feed the sheep the word of God. But a pastor's job is also to protect the sheep to guard, to protect the flock of God. And you might be new or newer and wonder why pastor or I might not head down certain roads. Well, maybe we know better from what the Word of God says. Maybe we know better from what we see in the Word of God. Maybe we know better because of experience. I'm 40 years old, but I've, I've learned some things, and I've learned some things from, you know, learning, well, that, that wasn't a good idea. Maybe we've listened to elders and great men like Lester Sumrall or Fred Price, Kenneth Hagin. So again, for everything that we do, the word of God is our guide. And do we see it 
in the Word. And as Pastor said Sunday, we're, we're just not going to go down the road with people into nonsense or error or weirdness or wrong teaching, and we're going to go a step further, and we're not going to associate with those that associate with people headed down those roads. Now, people cannot claim to have more the Holy Spirit or claim to emphasize joy when behind the scenes they are mean-spirited, vindictive, and they seek to control everything and everyone around them. Or when pastors or particular churches don't support them or aren't on their bandwagon, they seek to do harm to those pastors or those ministries. People cannot claim to have more of the Holy Spirit when in their everyday lives and behind the scenes, they do not ex exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. People cannot claim to have more of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said will lead us and guide us and direct us into all truth and understanding, who Jesus said convicts of sin and wrongdoing, People not, cannot claim to have more of the Holy Spirit when they allow people who are immoral or unscrupulous to stand in their pulpit to take advantage of their congregation. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell some stories. And again, I'm doing this because pastor asked me to. If I'm a doer of the word, I can't just be a doer of Acts 2 or Acts chapter 10 or Acts chapter 19 without also being a doer of the word when it comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That everything be done with the motive of love, and that everything be done decently and in order. And at the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says that if a minister somewhat ignores the guidelines set forth for everything being done decently and in order, they ought to be ignored. So again, why might we not head down certain roads? Well, maybe we see from the Word of God it's not in line with the Word of God. Amen. Or maybe we heard from older men of God that certain roads are not good roads to head down simply because they don't bear good fruit. Now, there was a day that we had had a guest minister and the services were over and we were having lunch and the lunch did not go well, because at that lunch, that guest minister, a young man, he proceeded to mock and make fun of and deride the church and the ministry that he had just been at. He had been there, had ministered, had received an offering from the people, but then he was here, and he was mocking and making fun of and laughing about the place that he had just been. And he thought it was real funny because they, they, they were silly enough to invite him back. So he was going to get to go back. And the Lord said to my father, today he's sitting here and he's mocking and he's making fun of the church and the minister, the ministry he was just at. But later this week, he'll be somewhere else and he'll be mocking and making fun of you and Faith Christian Center and the people of Faith Christian Center. So there was an awkward silence, and my father, Pastor Gene, stood up, and he said, we're going to make a change. He said, we're going to cancel everything going forward. 
and pastor walked out. Now, we knew that something like that was probably coming because pastor had tried to talk to him. Pastor Sue had tried to talk to him. You know, if Pastor Sue pulls you aside and you don't listen, your days are numbered. Amen. Amen. Occasionally, we have a screamer in worship. You know, we don't, you, you, you study the Word of God, you don't see screaming in worship. You know, any screaming in the Bible are people that have the devil. And uh, Pastor Sue is the designated scream handling person. Bless her for what she sometimes has to deal with. But Pastor Sue had tried to talk to him and to explain that when a church or ministry has you in, they have you in to minister for the people to benefit from that, but they don't have you in to promote another ministry or perhaps a Bible school if the pastors can't vouch for it. You know, if we wanted to promote that ministry, we would have that ministry in. Does that make sense? But he had refused to listen, and the irony of that was, behind the scenes, he, he had nothing good to say about what he was recommending. So why would we recommend a place for young people to go to? Well, it's because he felt like by doing that, that other ministry would promote him, help him, help him grow his platform. But see, those are not righteous motivations. Amen. That's not 1 Corinthians 13. That's not the motive of love. But he had promoted that and put great pressure on everyone he knew to check that out. Aaron and I went a couple times. Let me tell you about the last time we went, and it was the last time. It was a service during the day, we're sitting a few rows back, and during worship, I recognized the man in front of me. He was a very famous evangelist. He had been mentored by one of the greatest evangelists to ever live, and during this man's time, all the largest full gospel ministries supported him. Did mass crusades. The largest ministries gave him millions upon millions every single year. But it came out over time that he had gotten into adultery. And not just once or twice. Serial adultery repeatedly everywhere he went. So, of course, the money dried up. Done. Finished, And, of course, it greatly grieved those that had trained him and helped him and assisted him. But I saw he was right there in front of me and Aaron. I thought, well, maybe he's here to get some help. Good. Then I noticed during worship he wasn't praising the Lord. Had a woman with him. And needless to say, he wasn't praising the Lord with his hands. They were all over her. But again, I thought, well, maybe he's here to get some help. But that night, in the night service, I was horrified because they let that woman that he was with get up. She gave the pastor uh, some kind of award. Great. But then they let her pitch her multi-level scam to the church. Mm. And it's a typical worldly gimmick. Go to my website, sign up. I'm going to give you these free resources that will help you become a success. Well, because of what I had seen that morning and the hanky-panky, which has no place in the house of God. Amen. You know, when we come to worship, there ought to be a sobriety to it. Amen. So I thought, man, this, something's wrong. So I, I started Googling. I sat down started Googling. Aaron said he looked over at me, saw me Googling. He knew we would never be back. Well, I, I quickly found out that in the world, she had 
been scandalized, been bankrupted, had been found out. So where was she working her, her deal now? In the church world. But see, if a pastor loves his people, pastor shouldn't allow it. Amen. And someone might say, well, maybe he didn't know that she was going to get up and do it. You stop it. Amen. I said, you stop it. But basically, her deal was, go get these free resources, get signed up. Well, then the hard sell begins. Well, if you want the true secrets to success, that's $5,000. That's $10,000, $25,000, $30,000. Don't you want to give me $50,000 so you can find out how you can be a millionaire and only work three hours a week? Hmm. <laughs> Taking advantage of who? The people of God. So again... You might wonder, why, why don't they do certain things? Why don't they head down certain roads? Why don't they associate with certain people? Well, maybe we have a good reason. Amen. Maybe we have a good reason from the Word of God. Yes. Maybe we have a good reason because of what great men and women of God have, have told us. Maybe we have reasons because of what we know. So that was Aaron and I's last time. And I was embarrassed because we had brought Aaron's oldest son with us. There was also another young man from the church we had brought with us. Fast forward a few months after that, the same ministry had in a woman minister, and she, she's popular, but just because something's popular doesn't make it right or righteous. Amen. And God forgives, you understand, God forgives divorce, but if it's the fourth or fifth go-around, that raises red flags, yes. and maybe somebody ought to do something besides the ministry, Yes? And you read what Paul wrote, he gave very specific restrictions regarding elders, regarding deacons, and deaconesses. The instructions are very specific. And there ought to be a higher standard for church leadership, not a lower standard. Amen. They had her in for a woman's conference because she's, she's popular. Well, she's a moral train wreck everywhere she goes. Her previous husband... Moral train wreck, that church that she pastored, they bankrupted, they got it foreclosed. But in doing that, they had told the people to max out their credit cards, to even take out home equity loans, to keep it as float as long as possible. And after that church was bankrupted and foreclosed, for a while she went, she was down in Texas, won't tell you what city, because you'll be Googling trying to figure it out. But she went to a place, city in Texas, where there was full gospel ministry. And she began ministering there alongside the pastor and his son. Within short order, both the pastor and his son were divorced. And she'd be there sitting with them on the front row, the pastor, his son, and this, this woman with this bad track record. Now listen, if we had in a prophetess to minister, then we sat her with pastor and me. And then you found out pastor had divorced Pastor Sue and I was divorcing Jessica. That should raise some red flags. Amen. Now, if we have the Holy Spirit, shouldn't we have discernment? Yes. Shouldn't we say, man, there's something stinky, rotten going on. Amen. We are to judge and to evaluate everything by the Word of God. Amen. Then, minister in another state, he died. Bad circumstances in a hotel. She wormed her way into that church and took it over. She's a, she's a disaster everywhere she goes. But popular. But you got to look past the Instagram filters. Only the young people know what I'm referring to. You got to look past all the filters and evaluate things by the Word of God. 
But anyway, I, I was glad that I had decided to pull the plug and never go back because this ministry had her in for a women's meeting. They had the whole church come. But, and I watched a good portion of the message, but it's one of the greatest abuses of the word of God that I've ever heard in my life. Because she said to the women, you know, your man's out there, but some other woman could have him. And you gotta get her moved out of the way. Carnal, fleshly, wicked. And I, I, I know the story of Esther from childhood, but I can read it again. Vashti lost her place because of dishonor. Esther was not up to shenanigans. Esther was not trying to pray a married woman out of the way. Esther was not trying to give an offering to get a married woman out of the way. Esther was just a young righteous, virtuous woman. Amen. And there was this position, this place that opened up and God used her and her elevation to a place of honor to save his people. Amen. One of the greatest twistings and abuses of scripture to promote carnality and flesh, fleshly behavior and wickedness that I've ever heard. Then they let her receive an offering for a project that like vaporware, Nothing ever became of it, but she did her stick, told people to max out their credit cards, told people to post state checks, told people to take out loans. Wicked, wicked, wicked. So as pastor said, not only are we not gonna have anything to do with any of that type stuff, we're gonna go a step further and we're not gonna associate with anyone connected to any of that. Amen. Thank you. And if you are... Quizzical, you, you need to spend more time reading your New Testament. And you need to spend more time reading the qualifications that Paul gave to the churches regarding those in leadership, elders, deacons, deaconesses. Consider what Jesus says to the church of Thyatira, Revelation 2, beginning in verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality, the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds." So again, why would pastor warn us? A pastor's job is to feed the sheep and also protect the sheep to guard the flock of God. So consider yourself warned. And as my father said Sunday, no, we're not going to counsel you if you, get in, if you ignore our advice and get into nonsense or error or weirdness. Amen. We'll encourage you to listen to Sunday's message, the first part of this message, and then the message from May 4th, 2022. Amen. Now, let's pick up where Pastor left off the last Wednesday evening. Jesus defeated Satan on our behalf. Amen. And his victory over Satan is our victory over Satan. We have been redeemed from every work of the enemy. They, they won't have it ready, but again, John 10.10 10 said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But the, the work of Satan is stealing killing and destroying. So if it's kill, stealing, killing, and destroying, that's not the Lord. Amen. That's not God. 
And just like the examples I gave, there, there can be all kinds of weirdness, crazy stuff going on. Just because people say it's God doesn't mean it's God. Amen. You know, just because someone you know, walks up to you and says they have a, a word from God for you, that, that doesn't mean it's God. You got to judge and evaluate it by the word. As Marilyn Hickey, wonderful, great woman teacher of the things of God. She, she would explain that if, if God's going to reveal or use someone to confirm something in your life, it's going to be a word of confirmation about something that he has already dealt with you about. We've been redeemed from every work of the enemy. Colossians 1 and verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Say, say I am qualified. I am qualified. You know, and you know, the goal is to come to a place in life where you don't have to be qualified anymore in terms of the things of the world. But maybe there's been a time where you've gone to buy a car or you've gone to buy a house or you've gone to rent and they said you're qualified. You're like, praise the Lord and, and praise God for those days, but praise God for the days where it doesn't matter and you can write a check, amen? amen. Well, there's something far more wonderful than that. We're, we're, we've been qualified because of what Jesus did on our behalf. We've been qualified for all of heaven's blessings. We've been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Say it again, say, I am qualified. And the, the challenge for us is a lot of times we feel like we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we've got to do these 25 things to get good enough, to get worthy enough, but he paid the price on our behalf, and we have been qualified. Verse 13, for he has rescued, the King James has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought, or he has translated us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So we, we've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. Now, the next two Sundays, we're going to deal, deal with marriage and family and parenting in the days in which we live. We've been delivered from darkness, but you can't allow darkness in your home. Amen. Can't allow darkness in your family. Amen. Can't allow darkness on the, the TV or the media in your home. Amen. Can't allow darkness on the, the technology. Amen. You know, I know that there were probably people that mocked or made fun of preachers in the 50s talking about the evils of TV, but how right they were. And if you, if, you, if you want to read a book of prophecy, get a hold of David Wilkerson's book, The Vision, and look at the copyright of that book. And the interesting backstory is that the Lord gave him that, and he delivered that as a message at a pastor's conference. They were not happy to hear it. They asked him, they wanted him to leave when he was done. It was a total mood killer. But when you read that book, you'll be amazed because you'll say, everything in that book has come to pass. But when that book came out, he, he was vilified for what he said would soon happen in America morally. Not only has it happened, we're way past what he said would happen, even more wicked. So we've been delivered from darkness, but we're also to keep the darkness out. Amen. And he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we're redeemed, we're forgiven, and Satan is defeated. So our confession should be that Satan has been defeated on our behalf. So we take our place and we walk in victory over every work of the enemy. Our confession should be that Satan, he's the author of disease, confusion, suffering, but Jesus said in his name we would cast demons out. His name we would cast out every work of the enemy. And when he said that, he, he was talking to us. It's for us. It's for every believer. He gave his authority to the 12. He gave his authority to the 72. 
He gave the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Mark 16. And we, we see that it's not just for the 12 because we see in the book of Acts there were others. Stephen, Philip, Barnabas, Apollos, and the list goes on. So he has given us his authority and we're to drive out every work of the enemy. And as we've learned, we see this in Ephesians 4.27, we're not to permit or tolerate any work of the enemy. We're not to give the enemy any geographic territory in our lives Amen. in any way. Amen. Wrong associations, wrong friends, wrong relationships, things that you know you need to clean out of the house. You know, if you see cobwebs, hopefully you get the broom out and do something about it. Amen. Unless you're really into, you know, well, you know, I, I got to save all the creatures. Our, not our current house, our last house, we had a well. I didn't grow up in the country, not cut out for any of that. <laughs> but there was one spring, opened up the well cover, and there were, a, like, not like a little spiders, a lot of spiders. And they were black, and I thought, man, this is really sinister looking. Caught out the pest guy. He was like, it's good you didn't mess with this. It's full of black widows. <laughs> no, thank you. We're, we're gonna drive out and clean out everything that doesn't have a place. Amen. We're to get it out. And again, this is part of walking with the Holy Spirit and him leading and guiding and directing you. Well, when he's moving upon your heart to clean something out, he's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to hinder you. He's trying to lead you to the green pastures and still waters to walk in the best that our Heavenly Father has for you. So don't permit, don't tolerate, don't allow it's amazing how much we put up with. It's amazing how much we tolerate. It's amazing how much we allow. Don't let people do it. Don't let, you don't have to let people use and abuse your time. Don't even have to let relatives use and abuse your time. Send them a Christmas card. Send them a Thanksgiving card. Send them a birthday card. Send them a, you know, now you send them, a, send them a little something on Facebook. We don't have to permit or allow anything in our lives that shouldn't be there. Amen. We shouldn't permit or allow anything that would rob us of our peace Amen. or be a wrong influence or open any kind of door. We're to drive out every work of the enemy. So the New Testament is clear. We're, we're masters of demons. We're masters of every work of Satan. We're masters of sickness and disease. We're masters of poverty and lack and not enough. And just as demons or sickness or needs were subject to Jesus, they're subject to us. He's delegated his authority to us, but we have to walk in it. And that's why you've got to grow and develop and exercise and stretch your faith at your current level and find ways in which to grow, develop, and stretch and exercise your faith at your current level. And so you have a headache? Sure, you can take an aspirin or or a Tylenol, or an Advil, or whatever it is. Sure you can. You're like, oh, I just took one at, you know, six o'clock before I came to service. Everybody's got to operate at their own level of faith. Amen. The point is to find things in your life at your level to grow, to stretch, to develop, to exercise your faith on. And so something like a headache, why not learn how to receive healing for something like a headache? See, a lot of people, they head down the road of not wanting to find out how faith works until there's a major 
life-threatening issue, it's better to use, to grow, to develop, to exercise your faith on the everyday things of life. Extra bill comes in the mail. Maybe it's no big deal. Maybe you're going to pay for it. Why not believe God for that to come in extra in the next seven days? Amen. Weren't expecting it. Weren't planning for it. Why, why not just use that as a point to exercise your faith? Jesus has delegated his authority to us. Turn to Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. Jesus has delegated his authority to us, and he has given us his divine ability. And we're filled with his Holy Spirit. We're his representatives here on earth, and that's why we're to do the works that Jesus did. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18, Jesus came and said, all authority, and the word there is exousia, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Might be new and wonder why we put such emphasis on the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. It's because that's the commission, to make disciples. Amen. We could say it this way, to make doers of the word of God to make disciples who bear the good fruit of the Christian life, to make disciples who bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You know, just in the last year, I, I had someone, and they were new, and baptism was coming up, and they, they wanted me to baptize in Jesus' name only. No. Why? Well, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Amen. I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay. We're going to stick with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to stick within the parameters, the lanes of the Word of God, teaching them to obey. So we're to make disciples, and then we're to teach them to do what? It's amazing how much that word's all over the Bible and all over the New Testament. Teaching them to obey how much? I know the parts we like. I know that the, the parts that I was going to throw out an ancient name. It's not fair because then everybody will be on your phone Googling. You know, now the new thing is, well, this doesn't apply to us. That doesn't apply to us. This doesn't apply to us. You know, this little itty bitty part, this applies to us. But Jesus said we're to teach them to obey what? Everything. Everything. Right. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy about the whole counsel of the word of God. I believe it was either Sunday or last Wednesday that that pastor said, if we're doers of the word, we'll have days of heaven upon the earth. But it's in the areas of our lives where we ignore and don't do what the word says. In those areas, we're not going to have days of heaven. It's going to be days of trouble. And so that's why that everything is important, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. So the purpose of his authority is that we make disciples. And it's great that people hear and believe, but then they have to be disciple. Then they have to be taught to obey. A believer who never becomes a disciple will never grow or mature and make progress in the Christian life. They may be a convert or a believer, but they are not a disciple. Paul says, how can they hear unless someone is sent? So someone has to be sent, someone has to go. They have to hear, but then they've got to get plugged into a great local church that believes the Bible, preaches the Bible, so they can do what? Be discipled and be taught to 
obey. Luke 10, beginning in verse 17. In the Gospels, we see that Jesus sent out the 12. And, you know, when people head down that denominational road, well, it was only just the 12. They, they need to read on. So he sent out the 72. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority. Again, exousia, to trample on snakes and scorpions, which, again, represent the work of the enemy. Or like when I opened my well cover, those black widow spiders. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome how much of the enemy's power? Oh. Oh. We, we have the victory. Amen. And we have the authority over every work of the enemy. So we ought not be afraid to drive him out. Amen. We ought not be afraid to say to every work of the enemy to get out of our life, to get out of our home, to get out of a child's life. Amen. We ought not be afraid to take a stand for righteousness Amen. and to say, not here, not now, not ever, Amen. not in this home, Amen. not in your dorm room. Amen. We have the authority over how much of his power? all the power of the enemy. And as we've learned in this series, exousia authority trumps power every single time. And praise God for his power. Praise God for when his power is manifest, but we have something even greater, and that is his authority. And he backs us up. The authority we have in Christ enables us to overcome all the power of the enemy. John 14, beginning in verse 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. You know, he ministered for three, three and a half years. And so, you know, people ask, well, what does greater mean? Well, we certainly have more time in which to do the works of the kingdom of God. And it's amazing how you think of mass evangelism, but it's amazing how with the internet and technology, things can happen at a scale a generation ago couldn't even imagine. But no matter what time, what place, what age we live in, no matter what resources are available to us, we're to do the works that he did. Amen. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, if you take the time and read through the Gospels and read through the book of Acts, what were the works that Jesus did? He preached, he taught, he cast out devils, and he healed the sick. He preached the word, he taught the word, he cast out devils and healed the sick. And if you take your time and read through the book of Acts, you'll see the same things. They preached, they taught, they healed the sick, they cast out devils. You also have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You have prophecy. Again, Paul gives very particular guidelines, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. That's what you see. And I, I didn't warn them upstairs so they won't be ready for this. Got to keep them on their toes. Amen. Amen. As an example, my wife said the print in here is too small. Acts chapter 8, Philip. Philip was not one of the 12. He was one of the seven, like Stephen. Acts 8, verse 4, I'm reading out of the NIV those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria, proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they paid close attention to what he said. 
With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. Paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So notice he did what Jesus did in the Gospels. Devils were cast out and the sick were healed. Turn over to Acts chapter 19. This is Paul in Ephesus. He arrives in Ephesus. The leaders tell them that they've not even heard about the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues, which you have, Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. The elders speak in tongues. They also prophesy. You find out that first, Paul is there three months. Acts 19, verse 10, this went on for two years. So all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Again, like what we see in the Gospels, devils being cast out and the sick being healed. Well, I wonder what was going on in the early church. We just open the book of Acts and find out. I wonder what Philip or Paul's meetings were like. Again, just do a little study and find out. You then find out about some men that tried to imitate Paul it didn't go well. They got beaten up by devils. Skip down past that verse 17. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. David Wilkerson, he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He pointed out that in every genuine, true historical revival, there has always been deep conviction, and public confession of sins. Not frivolity, but a sobriety before God. Amen. To repent and to get right before an awesome and mighty God. And as, tell another quick story. One day my father and I, we picked up Teal Osborne, the airport DFW, drove him out to a ministry in East Texas that's since gone, a, a they emphasized ministry, young adults. And they were doing what goes on today in various places. You know, send your young people, it's free. Then what were they using the young people for? Free, unpaid labor. Mm -hmm. So it's gone. So see, you might, well, I wonder why pastor's not on the bandwagon or doesn't recommend something. Well, maybe we know some things. We went out there with Teal Osborne, and he was supposed to speak to the young people. Then the men that worked there, they got him aside, and you know they wanted him to tell his greatest demon stories. Well, they didn't know anything about him at all because he didn't like to talk about that stuff because to him, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We proclaim Jesus. He confirms his word. People are saved. People are healed. People are set free. But what we glorify is Jesus. Amen. We don't say, man, I, my meeting was so great and this happened. So they, they angered him. And so we got in the car afterward and I, I heard stories that I had never heard. But one of the things that he deeply lamented were meetings where believers gathered together, acted crazy, had a great time, but it's all just about having a great time because he said, how does that lead anyone to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Amen. How does that teach people to be doers of the word of God? Amen. And as an example of that, that went on at a very famous Christian university, everybody gathering, having a good time. But there's a lesser known meeting or event 
Some of you from that remember music from the 70s, you're gonna know this name, Keith Green. Very convicting music. And it's definitely from the 70s, but it's very convicting. He went to that same university and there was genuine revival. People started weeping and wailing and students started publicly confessing and repenting of sin. And then it continued professors started coming forward and publicly repenting of and confessing sin and they shut it down. See, people want to have a good time, but they may not necessarily want what you have here in Acts chapter 19. Many of those who believe now came and openly confessed their what? Their sins, their evil deeds, they gave it up. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So what are the works of Jesus? To drive the devil out. And we see in the Gospels, casting devils out, healing the sick. We see the same thing all throughout the book of Acts. We're to bring glory to Jesus and to the Father, and to his word, not to ourselves. Paul told the church at Corinth, follow my example as I follow Christ. Mark 16, beginning in verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Confirming what? The word. Not, not, not stories, not tall tales, We're to preach, we're to teach the word. We're to preach, we're to teach the word. Paul wrote to Timothy, the whole council. The whole council. Confirming the word with signs following. And again, what signs? We see in Matthew 28, Mark 16, the book of Acts, people being saved, disciple, people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the sick being healed, devils being cast out. We also see from Mark 16, we see from Paul's own life and ministry, Divine protection when we're about the king's business. No harm coming nigh us. So God confirms his word with signs following, but people can have, only have faith for what they hear about. Yes. That's why Paul wrote Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in our lives, the lives of others, we're to do the works that he did. Not why, not cry, not complain, not blame the situation on the devil, or on God, we're to use, we're to exercise the divine authority that we have in Christ. We're to walk in the divine authority we have in Christ. We have his authority, but we have to use it. Amen. Not now, not here, not my home, Amen. not my body, Amen. not my spouse's body, not my child's body, Amen. not our house, Amen. not our family, Amen. not our church family, Amen. not this loved one. See, we're, we're to use we're to exercise the authority that we have. And you've got to learn to do that over the small things so when there's something bigger, it doesn't phase you. Amen. Satan's a deceiver. He masquerades as an angel of light. And sometimes he tries to inspire fear by, you know, doing this or that. You know, it's like a theater production. It's like a Hollywood, you know, now you go see a movie, none of it's even real. You know, it's an actor, two actors, three, and they're in front of a grant. None of it's real. 
You watch the old movies, it's amazing. They'd have thousands of extras. So Satan, he tries to scare us. This negative word, this negative report, this negative circumstance. But we have the authority. We have the victory. We're to drive him out. We're to use the authority that we have. Don't permit any work the enemy in your life. Don't give him a place. And don't give him a place by listening to the wrong things, by listening to the wrong people. Don't give him a place by getting into things you know you ought not get into. Jesus says to us that all authority has been given to us Now we're to go and use that authority. We're to go and use his ability. And his spirit teaches us how to use that authority that has been delegated to us to use. See, the Holy Spirit, again, what's his role in our lives? He convicts, but then he leads and guides us and directs us into all truth and understanding. It's really, it's awfully quiet tonight. (laughs) You're like, is the pastor gonna tell him to do anything extra next week? We, we shall see. We're not to give the devil a place. And one of the major ways in which we give him a place is by getting distracted with things that have no authority in our lives, by getting distracted with people that ought not have a place in our lives. So you got to just drive it out, set it aside. Hebrews 12, throw off every sin, everything that entangles, hinders, and run the race he's marked out for us. 